Hello everybody, it's Alex once again from the Remote Work Live podcast and I have a great guest with me today. I have Alexander Dick from Alexander Lyons Solutions and I was particularly interested to hear from Alex today because I've worked in myself, I've worked in recruitment going back to, to 20, sorry, 2002 and recruitment has has its, I guess, stigmas attached to it. And the research I've done on Alex completely blows all those stigmas away. On top of that, Alex runs, is managing director of Alexander Lyons, which is a, a recruitment business, as you've probably guessed. So, as I said, I had to have him on here just to find out a bit more about him, about his business and a bit more about his background. So, Alex, thank you very much for joining me today. I'm happy, happy to join you. Yeah, you, what, what you're saying is is right in many ways. We kind of tried to look at the rule book of what people have been doing and then gone, right, let's do the opposite of that and and, and started with a very different premise than, than most other the most other, well, I'd say recruitment businesses because, of course, I'll always default to my sector, but the reality is I think it could probably be used more generally as well. Um, but I, I believe the future is very different than perhaps the last 10 years plus. And, and we're trying to get ahead of that rather than be behind it on things like well-being and flexibility and all of the things that, that people embraced during the last few interesting years we've had. Um, I guess I was in, as, as we've mentioned before, I was in, in quite a unique position going into to that period, having specialised in remote working from a recruitment perspective for, for well, 11 plus years prior to that happening. So, um, so yeah, I've kind of tried to use that in, in my own way within my business and tried to muddle, muddle my way into doing things the way that I believe are. Uh, correct and proper and treating people properly and all that sort of stuff and yeah of course happy to go into all of those concepts because i think yeah I've, as you've had a look at my stuff i've had a look at yours and i think in many ways we're quite kindred spirits in our in our view on things so um so yeah heads heads being keen to have this chat as well yeah i was very keen as well alex and I, it, it's refreshing actually it's, it's because you you hear about so many different aspects of recruitment from the perspective of the the person who's looking for a job but also from the perspective of the of the client and you rarely hear well certainly from the client's perspective from the the, the job seeker perspective you rarely hear the good stories uh around um in fact there's a third there's actually a third aspect the people who work within the recruitment business as well the ones that actually work within recruitment Lots of people I've speak to and spoken to, they stumble into recruitment. They don't necessarily have that as their their number one option. It's kind of like a a stepping stone to something else. Um, and they yeah, yeah. often have stories of anecdotes of how bad it was, you know. But what you've just said and what oh, yeah. you say, it's, it's got a bad rap. Different. It's, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it ha- it has got one one hell of a bad rap, and and. And in, unfortunately, in many cases, that is well deserved as well. It's the, 
like we hear it, we've got people who work with us now who genuinely used to work for businesses where until you've made a certain number of calls, you weren't even allowed to sit down. And, and just stupid stuff like that, which which sounds which sounds ridiculous, but there's genuinely places out there that that take that sort of approach to to working, and you're just like, well, what, what is what is wrong with you? As what sort of masochist are you as, as an owner of a business that you think that's the appropriate way to treat someone? And and we we yeah we just I just don't believe that's the way forward, and, and I don't think it's great for clients. I don't think it's great for candidates to have recruiters because at the end of the day it's not the owners of the recruitment businesses who are recruiting it's the recruiters and and how can a recruiter possibly give a good experience to someone either on a client side or a candidate side if they're basically being borderline abused in the background um and and i know that sounds extreme but i would argue that telling someone they can't sit down until they have made enough calls and things like that I, I don't think that can be defined as anything other than, than abuse. And of course, that's extreme. There's 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 a lot of other shades of grey between that point and a utopia. But but there, there are so many pressures and targets placed on a lot of people in the recruitment world that it makes it very difficult for them to do the, the level of job and the quality of service that they wish to provide to their candidates and clients. Because if you're told you have to make X number of calls and you have to send X number of emails and you have to send X number of CVs out... And that number's always going up and that pressure's always going up. Actually, in many ways, that does make it difficult to actually provide that decent level of service because you can't take that extra 10, 15, 20 minutes having a good chat with a client or having a good chat with a candidate or or researching something properly. Because if you do, you won't hit that X, Y and Z target that that you're going to inevitably be sort of either praised on or or sort of had a go at and one one story i heard relatively recently there was one of the very large recruitment businesses so one of the biggest in in the country uh, a manager we we interviewed recently he had had a, a member of staff that he wants to get rid of because this member of staff was doing no business they weren't making any placements they weren't doing any proper work when he then approached his management to say, look, I, th- I think this person needs to go. They're fairly toxic. They were told that that person couldn't go because actually they hit all of their KPIs, their key performance indicators. And it transpired that when he looked at this person's KPIs, they'd had a three-hour meeting with a client that was actually dead. And so they were, they were basically playing the system. And wow. even when he raised that with the management, they're like, no, no, no. He's hitting his KPIs. He's fine, and you're like, oh my God. what? What? And, and that's how backward some of these some of these cultures can, can get. And and the thing is, I thought that can't be real. Like that can't be a real story. So I looked up the name of the company that he said the person had had the meeting with, and the name of the individual, and all that sort of stuff. No, it was 100 percent right. That person, wow, like it was the, this person had passed away, and and that company did exist, and and that recruiter did exist, recruiting in that sector. And so I just thought it was somebody trying to come up with a ridiculous situation, but no, that is a situation that genuinely happened. Um, and for people to be driven, sort of pushed to that point that they need to behave in that way to feel like they're hitting their their notional target or to give them the time to actually be able to do the things they need to do is is to me to me insane i i yeah i don't i don't believe that that's a path to glory for anyone business or member of staff or anyone i, I think that that's that's a 
recipe for a disaster that's exactly. going to inevitably happen. Um, Definitely. And I think you've touched on something else there, is that <clears throat> the people who, you know, the, the top sellers, the top billers who are hitting their KPIs, but there's 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 toxic in some way or another. They're still, they're getting, you know, they're, they're getting us, you know, bypassed or at least, you know, leave him alone. He's, he's hitting his targets. So, yeah, yeah. And that kind of has its own effect, doesn't it? On the, the oh yeah, it brings the rest of the team yeah. down. Yeah, and and yeah, we, like we we had it internally. So we we had somebody who worked with us who was pretty unpleasant, like to the extreme. We're, we're talking sort of next levels of, of of just being a thoroughly unpleasant individual. And and yeah, it completely affected the rest of the team. And we're we're a remote first business, so you would have thought in an environment like ours that that would have the least effects. It's not like this individual sitting opposite people, or or sort of in a way that they can really have an impact on people. But actually, it was things as simple as belittling things people were saying when they were trying to help them out, or 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 being confrontational in whatsapp groups and things like that that wow. just made other people not want to engage and in truth thankfully that person ended up leaving us which was not a disaster um in truth it was a it was a a poor show on my part because i should have reacted quicker but i i for a very long time have always tried to give people the benefit of the doubt and try and steer people in the right direction and sometimes what I've now started to realize as I've sort of grown up in the world of business is if your gut's telling you someone's toxic and their behavior is toxic, they probably are toxic. Mm -hmm. And so sort of keeping them around, hoping that it's going to end up better is probably not a, a sensible approach to take. Um, but yeah, he, the, in truth, I also believe in karma and he left us and then within three weeks was in prison. So, um, so, oh, so well. yeah, it was, it, it was a, uh, yeah, it was a, a bit of an interesting yeah a bit of an interesting one and and yeah the world the world has a habit of sorting itself out and, and oh yes yeah. well it's yeah, like, I, I mean you you it, i think i think everybody always wants to give somebody a sort of a the benefit of the doubt and a second chance and to understand what's behind the reason that they, they do the things that they do but like you said it's, it becomes a bit more magnified doesn't it when you're working on a remote basis because it's so important that when you're communicating with people within the team that it's it's you're 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 on topic and obviously you're gonna have the, the points where you're having fun or whatever or talking yeah, outside yeah. of work but the 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 things that probably people would say off the cuff in real life are magnified if somebody says it in whatsapp or if somebody says it yeah, in, yeah. in a team's chat aren't they so well, the trick that we found is making time for both so you have your professional calls, but you also, so every, every morning at 9.15, we have a, and it's only 9.15 in truth, so I can take my daughter to school every day. So, so to a degree, the business is managed around, around that. And, and it also, of course, helps all the other parents with all of their sort of morning routine. Um, but we have, we have a call every morning except for Friday on at, at 9.15. And that call in, at 9.15 is just to talk nonsense. Like sometimes we'll talk about work stuff. But actually, it's an opportunity for everyone to kind of start the day with the sorts of conversations they would ordinarily have in a normal sort of, I say normal business, even I'm falling for the whole, it's normal to work in an office when increasingly that's not the case. <laughs> but but we, we try and give people that the social element so that they can get involved if they want. It's by no means compulsory if people want to attend and have a chat and 
have a bit of a pick me up in the morning they can and 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 we've maintained that throughout we're it's something we're having to strategize a bit more on because the bigger we get and we plan to get quite large we need to be in a position where that's manageable and of course let's say we get to two three hundred people where, where we want to be in the next sort of 10 plus years that's going to be a little problematic having a hundred people all talking over each other and that's creating a bit of a a bit of a bit of a mess but but even with that we found um, sort of these packages where you can almost have an internal social media and 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 give people the ability to to show more of themselves to their colleagues and and have almost like forums and chat rooms and and also have the ability to have sort of group calls within that platform so that actually you can maintain the social side of it, but through a tech-enabled platform, um, which which is something that we're in the process of building out now because I thought I'd buy it and it would do all the things that they said it would do, which turns mm-hmm. out it will if, as long as you've got a web developer who sits in the background and makes oh. it do all of those things, which... Uh, which is which is fine. I've got not a very ideal. friendly web developer that can help me out with these things, so it's not it's not the end of the world. But yeah, it's. I think you've always got to look for ways to improve the the employee experience, um, and and that's something we're we're always sort of there's there's a minimum in the sort of upper management layer of, of ALS. There's probably five six conversations minimum a week about things that we might have messed up. Like for example, we. We we had somebody who was off sick and we we forgot their birthday just because they weren't around and and it's been we've gone through a very busy stage and we forgot their birthday and and I know that doesn't seem like a, a big thing but actually if you've mentioned everyone else's birthday suddenly yeah. you've forgotten that one it, it it we shouldn't have done it it was it it was a, a drop ball and it, it would seem very minor to many but actually to that person it gave them a moment where they felt undervalued and, and that's of course the the least the, the last thing we want people to feel and and so again we have meetings about that today to go right x y and z this is now something you are you are responsible for we need to, we need to make sure we don't do this again and this is here are the things we can put in place to adapt to ensure that that doesn't happen and, and always evolving i think and, and look, I'm somebody that's been working remotely for and been around remote working for 14 plus years now. And and something as simple like that, we screwed up last week. It, so it's there's always an opportunity to improve as a, as a business and as as business owners and as people who who should, in truth, be making the world a slightly better place by employing people and giving them a good experience and helping them to give people a good experience around them and all that sort of stuff. And and yeah, just stupid like the stuff people listening may go, what a stupid thing to think about. But actually that silly thing gave that one person a, a, a very negative view of us for a very short period of time. Like fair enough, it might have been ten seconds where they were like, Oh, but I don't want to have I don't want to cause even ten seconds of someone feeling like that. I want I want people to have a nice experience at work because at the end of the day work is is a massive portion of our lives in fact you spend most time with the people at work don't you yeah exactly so you want to feel respected and and appreciated and all of those things and and that all comes from the top that that i i very much believe in a top-down thing if 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 the people at the top are not treating people with that respect and 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 sort of in a sense caring for them um then 
it very quickly filters down that nobody else will. But equally, if the person at the top is treating everyone with utmost respect and, and being nice to people and, and sort of putting that down to everyone else, then it's very difficult for people to then be unpleasant to each other. It's like, hang on, if, if that person's being nice, why shouldn't you be nice sort of thing? And I think, I mean, you were saying there that some people listening might think what you've just said is, is silly, but I think it, what I've experienced from all, all of the interviews that I've done with various remote leaders like yourself, especially those with a remote first kind of mindset, is that naturally things like that, that may seem silly and minuscule to other people, um, other bosses, other managers, is kind of like, you know, neither is a priority. Is a, you know, yeah, yeah. It seems, I don't know what it is. It seems as though, well, I suppose, again, when you're working remotely, you have to be conscious so much, so, so much more conscious of other people because the interactions are, you know, fewer and further between. So to me, what you've said, it's, 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 it's natural. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's part, it's, it's part, it's part of your makeup to, to think that way, obviously, you know? Well, I think, I think if we, as a business, you have a choice, but you, you either want to create something that you, you try and create something that people can be passionate about and want to be part of, or you can just give people a job. And, if you want to be a business that just gives people a job and that's what you lay out and that's that's your sort of operating model and you tell people that, then that's fine. And you're, you can have a load of people who just turn up in the morning, do their task, aren't particularly passionate about it, don't necessarily care that much and then disappear the other end. But if actually you're passionate about it and you want to work with passionate people and you want to help them to develop and help them to improve and, and an element of that is is the need for everyone to be passionate about it, to want to push themselves forward as well as helping push the business forward and all that sort of stuff. Well, then you have to care about the small stuff because, as you say, interaction is is different in a remote-first environment. Like, we, we've got people who are based abroad. We've got people who are based dotted all over the country. So, practically, it's it's not possible for us to all be sat in the same room daily or weekly because well and it'd be unreasonable to expect our, our team to and, and that's also true to be fair with us that's not part of the deal in fact quite the opposite it's like when we meet up typically we meet up socially we, like most work stuff can be done remotely we've got plenty of platforms that that are able to achieve that so when we meet up we want it to be fun we want to do silly stuff and fun stuff and, and all the bits that allow people to compete with each other and, and enjoy each other's company and all that sort of stuff. Because at the end of the day, the majority of our staff are salesmen, in, in my case, uh, salesmen and women. So we need that environment that is that, that has that element of competition. Yes. For the most part, driven salespeople are quite competitive in nature. Um, and uh, so we, we spend a lot of time on that side and, and trying to make people feel part of something. And, and to a degree, transparency is, is one of the key pillars of that because you need stuff that people would just find out if they're in an office because the, the word would just sort of assimilate amongst everyone. You need to make a far more conscious effort of, of discussing and putting out there because otherwise people just aren't going to know. And then surprise, here's a new member of staff that you didn't know existed until they appear or, or, or sorry, we've had to let this person go. But, but if you don't, if you don't actually communicate that and explain it, it, it's very difficult for people to, to feel part of it and, and again that's something that's that's key for me um because we're trying to create a, a 
yeah, a, a, a thing that people are passionate about. I, I normally use a different way of describing it, but I promised my PR people that I won't keep calling our business that thing because otherwise I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued. But no, <laughs> I sent you a message telling you what that yeah, thing is. Yeah, like, please. I want to know. Um, I want to know. Yeah. But yeah, I think it it's mind-boggling that that people who write job descriptions when they're advertising jobs and um, <clears throat> and trying to get encourage people to join a certain business, they put things like the the super you know the superfluous things like the 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 beer in the in the um the fridge or the breakfast in the morning they put all those things as the, as the things that they use to pull people to be passionate yeah, about yeah. the business i mean even google did that at one point where they were talking oh, yeah. about you know but it's these things that i mean you you were just talking now just about the fact that you take your daughter to school in the morning right yeah. that to me is like i've got three kids and there was a point where I was in the office. Um, no, it was about, I, I've been working remotely since, what, 2008. And then I, I went back. I tell this story all the time. I went back into the office. And it was only at that point that I realised to myself that I took for granted taking my, my, my kids to school. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a massive thing. It's, it's huge. And I, so I specialise in remote working and have worked remotely on and off for, for a large period of time. But there there was a big chunk of my time that I was based in an office which was my um which was my main client as in my personal main client not the company's main client office and and yeah I my daughter I I remember when I used to come home when she was so she's six now when she was sort of one two she used to tell me that daddy lives at work and he's come to visit and stuff like that and at the time at the time I just used to sort of just laugh it off but but if I think back to the relationship I had with my daughter at that point, it was very much, I was like a visitor, not, oh, not yeah. sort of there. And, and now post post COVID and, and, and the, the other thing that happened. So after my second kid was born, my wife was incredibly ill two weeks later. And I think the thing that not sort of got into my mind, more remote working, but also just be nicer to people was I was getting ready to drive to literally I was getting changed to go to work so two weeks after my son had been born I was literally getting dressed and yeah wife wakes up with chest pain and turns out that chest pain was was a rather colossal heart attack um and and to me in my mind I think that was the the sort of thing that reinforced that position of actually had I not been here it, it, the world would have been a very different place than it ended up being, and and I think to me it, that's that made me even more passionate. So I'd always practiced remote working. So the people I'd placed for a long period of time, I specialised in placing lawyers. So pulling lawyers out of traditional environments and putting them in a remote first environment where they have more control over their time and 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 much more earning potential and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but a lot of that time I would I would have been going in because I just it was almost like sort of force of habit really I was going into the office for the sake of going into the office I wasn't getting more done or being more efficient because of it and and yeah I just in that moment I it was a bit of a light bulb moment that was like now nah, I'm not doing that anymore and and then of course 
COVID came along and and we were all forced to be at home and and I and I went oh I like this even more like a lot of people take a lot of negatives out of out of COVID but I think it, it, there are also a huge amount of positives so of course a pandemic is terrible and and all of that stuff is terrible but it's it's caused the business world to evolve probably ten years worth of evolution in the space of a few months because suddenly now all the, the technology that existed to enable people to work remotely and enable people to have that flexibility and all of that sort of stuff had to be brought in through necessity to allow businesses to survive. But once the cat's out the bag, it's very difficult to put it back. It's, it's not. And and certainly we're seeing a massive increase in, in sort of our both our candidate base from a uh, a placeable perspective so the things that that the recruiters who work with me are, are talking to people and what they want but also what what people who are applying to us want so as as you mentioned we are a, a remote first business we've got an office in london but it's 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 a space that people can go and pop their skin um and and i just quite like having a space up there if i'm up in london shopping and need somewhere to put shopping and stuff it's quite handy to have um, but but the we are remote first the vast majority of our people live nowhere near that so we'll just go there if they've got meetings or if we're doing something there um and it's just it, it's just the positive impact it has on so many people that that you didn't get from sitting on a train for an hour and a half every yeah. morning and every evening and 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 everything that comes with that is even if you work exactly the same amount, it, arguably, even if you work more, you could work an extra hour each day and still be better off and still have that additional time. And hopefully the companies that put these policies in place, if you allow the flexibility with that, that enables people to go and take their kids to school, go walk the dog if they want to walk the dog just or go to the doctors without feeling like they have to, have this an inquisition prior to going from, <laughs> from a line manager to be like what you're taking half a day off what are you doing it's like no it, i i regularly have in, in our we've got a main work whatsapp channel and, and if people are like i'm going to walk the dog or i'm going to the doctors my response will be one of two things either i'll send a gif of spam as in the meat spam <laughs> just sort of rotating or something there's a surprisingly large amount of spam gifts on whatsapp um or I'll say, look, I'm really sorry, but I don't think I'm going to be able to attend with you because you're in <laughs> wherever. But I'm assuming you're letting me know because you want yeah, me to yeah. come with you. And, yeah, um, yeah. and, and you'd, be, you'd be surprised. I've, I've done that probably a thousand times now. And people will still tell me oh, I'm going to walk the dog or I'm going to the doctors or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I'm like, why are you telling me this? You're a I broker. like that. I, tr- I trust I you say. to be getting on with your job. So it, it just just get on with your job we we as long as you're getting on with your job i am happy so that you don't need to tell me these small details i, I don't want to know well it's not that i don't want to know if you want my support it's there but if if you don't want my support you don't need to tell me it's, it's a cultural thing though isn't it i think we we've been ingrained to work in a certain way to start at nine o'clock and finish at five or five thirty to be told that you know um <clears throat> if you're going somewhere or doing something let your boss know and it, it's kind of like starts from the whole, it starts at school, doesn't it? With the school bell and all, all yeah, these yeah. kind of different things that ingrained in your mind, this is how you should be doing work. This is what you should be doing when. Um, and you said something which really hit me because um, my, 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 my mom, my mom is, 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 she lives alone. And I think yeah. apart from the, um, 
the work side and the fact that I work better remotely, it enables me, like you, to be there for my family, for my for my kids, but still work at the the sort of work at my peak, work at my best. I di- I didn't really know, I didn't really understand actually, um, that I could work better remotely than working in an open plan office until I started to sort of really experience it and throw myself into it. I everybody just thinks, or everybody used to think that. The work is this is work this is how it should be in an office open planned on the i mean cause I, i've come from a sales in, environment myself where we used to have to stand up to make sales calls. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is how we've been programmed to work and what i think what annoys me a little bit is that because when i again when i first started working remotely i didn't tell people that i, I was working from home because i'd be looked at sort of so um why don't you have an office? Well, you know, what, all these kind of little judgmental things. Yeah, yeah. And that was back, I mean, it was back in, again, 2007, 2008. But like you said, fast forward to a couple of years ago, it's becoming more sort of acceptable, but I still don't feel as though, well, we've still got quite a long way to go, I think, before oh, we yeah, start no, convincing massive, people. Yeah. Well, also, I think that, that like, certainly, if, again, our default to recruitment because it's the world I know back from, there's there's now a pushback on on people wishing to get their staff back into the office, and these these are businesses that have thrived in in over the last few years, and who've had record years, and their staff have been doing better than ever. And look, the market has softened a bit. It, no no one's going to deny that because it was an artificial boom on the back of lots of events that that had happened. Um, but to then take people who've been doing very well and working honorably and correctly and you'd sort of place the trust in them up to that point to suddenly go no right all of that thing you had working from home you don't have any of that anymore right you are now back in the office and that's that's happening now loads of people are putting people back into the office and and in truth for me it's a double-edged sword because do i believe that behavior is correct no do i think it's great for staff no if people want to work from an office then cool let them but equally, if people want to work from home, that should also be cool. Let them. Like it, it shouldn't matter. As long as people are doing their job and delivering the things they need to do, like in sales, it's probably sales. In the world of recruitment, it's making placement. As long as they're doing those things, why does it matter? Why does it matter where they're working from? Why not just let them do what they want and deliver the things? And people will quote, oh, our culture's declined and all that sort of stuff. But they're seeing that from the top. They're not. They're not actually necessarily asking their staff and their team whether that's how they feel. They're just viewing it from their perspective. And a lot of the time, it does come down to control and fear of of people going off and doing other things and all that sort of stuff. But sort of micromanaging and and creating behaviours that you think are right that potentially your team doesn't isn't the way to go. And, and look, I'd. If we stick up an ad in a time where people were saying, oh, it's really difficult to get recruiters to apply for jobs. If we stuck up a couple of ads on average, we got 200 recruiters applying every week without fail. And we did we did an experiment recently in in America to see because part of our business plan is to is to go to the States because we have things that like you say, people talk about beers in a fridge and that's their big thing. So we have things like unlimited holiday and flexible working and, and all of these sort of modern things that the, the world, in my view, should be embracing but isn't. Um, but we don't even regularly talk about them because to us it's just like that's how it should be. 
Like it, it is what it is. Like yes, if you come to us, we will treat you like a grown up, and you can kind of do what you like as long as you're performing. If you're not performing, of course, we're going to be having chats with you like any sales environment would. But at the same time, we're not going to be sat there micromanaging you and telling you, right, you, you haven't made fifty thousand calls in the last six minutes. So there you go. You've got to stand on hot coals for the next three hours. <laughs> sort of. It just, it's just, it just. Well. Also, to be honest, there is, there is another thing to that. I can't really be bothered to hire the people who then's job it is to police the fact that everyone needs to have made enough calls and done enough of this and done enough of that. So, so I kind of believe in, in yeah, keeping a layer of unnecessary management away from things because the more rules you have, the more people you need to hire to enforce those rules. And then you get to a point where you then need to hire people to make sure the people who are enforcing the rules need to be doing their jobs. And before you know it, you've got sort of three, four, five layers of, of people between the top of the business and the people who are on the ground doing the work. And to me, again, that doesn't create a particularly dynamic and forward thinking environment that just creates an, an oil tanker of a business that's very slow to adapt and very slow to change because if someone has a good idea down at the at the notional bottom rank of that business it's going to take five or six people to get it up to someone that's then able to make the decision to to do that thing and again to me that that just isn't an attractive model i don't i don't want to get to two three hundred recruiters and then have to hire a hundred people to sit between me and those recruiters because that just yeah feels like a disaster and also to be honest i quite like the money that comes from not having those people to reinvest, to reinvest into the business because again part of being remote first we a very huge portion of profit is allocated back into the business to be doing things for the team with the team etc to give them the best possible environment while still being at home so giving them the best incentives and all that sort of stuff which is which is stuff we're kind of going into now because we're quite early in our development as, as a business so so a lot of this stuff's being rolled out as we speak in fact the incentive stuff will be this week that we're rolling a, a big chunk of it out as you're talking up so many questions are coming into my head Ask away. We can do a quick fire round at any point. So many questions are coming into my head as you're talking. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about change and adapting. I was reading your, obviously, read your LinkedIn profile, obviously, where you were talking about back in 2020. Um, and then you, you start talking about Alexander Lyons as of 2021 and yeah. the ambitions going forward and um, all of that. So you're talking about the transition and the changes and all that, all that you've done, all the different sectors that you're, you know, you're recruiting in. But I suppose, like I said, I've got lots of questions, but one yeah, of my yeah. questions is, did, did you envisage being here, like, say, 10 years ago? Is this, is this what you aimed to be? So, so yes, yes, but, <laughs> and, it's a, and, it's a, and it's a very big but, I was sat in an office grinding rather than putting harebrain schemes into into reality so so i i'd always wanted to build something bigger than myself um and in the back of my mind that had always been the case and and the sort of business partners that i had when i first started this business that was what we would talk about but then i ended up 
devoting a massive chunk of my time to just recruiting and, and I was doing a huge amount of that and, and look, it, it went it went very well my I think my best month I placed 27 partner level lawyers in, in one month so wow. so it's it, I, I managed to do that on an industrial scale as, as at a very senior level of recruitment i.e very senior candidate base um, but it was it was I guess the pandemic and everything that shifted my mindset and and also in truth and getting a slightly slightly deeper for a moment it was that moment of realization when my wife was ill that my wife was was a very healthy individual it was hormones that caused caused the heart attack so it, it was seeing that health is is a a temporary construct thing like life can be taken away from us at any moment and so I, I guess to a degree, I, I started building ALS out of out of fear, really, because suddenly there was this moment of okay, if this has happened to my wife, and and that can therefore happen to anyone, what if that happens to me now? And so I kind of went, okay, well, if if it were to happen to me, what do I leave my family and? and and the whole time I was a, a one-man band, okay, fair enough, churning very large amounts of money, but that money would run out incredibly quickly if if I got notionally hit. I always use hit by a bus as the analogy. Um, what would happen after that? And and the answer was the world would their world would crumble. Okay, there's insurance policies and stuff like that that I can take out to to mitigate that. But there's not going to be an income coming in. Like it, it, it would be a disaster. And my responsibility in my mind is to make sure that, okay, I want to make the world a better place than I found it. But more directly, I want to ensure that my my wife and kids and 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 my sort of pod that that I'm I'm directly responsible for are safe, secure, and and are going to be all right. And so so that was kind of I guess the the match that lit the fire. For me going, right, I now need to, all of those harebrained schemes I've had over the years and, and everything, I now need to put into place. And But I need to put it into, into play in a way that I would want to do if I was doing it. And so if I believe that people should be allowed to work remote, as in I would want to work remote, then I have to let everyone else want to work remotely. If I believe that people should be allowed to take as much holiday as they like, because I want to be allowed to take as much holiday as I like, therefore I should give everyone else the ability to take as much holiday as they like, because I can't behave in one way on, for myself and then not allow everyone else to behave the same way, because then that creates unbalance. And I don't, I don't believe in that. So so I very quickly decided that that was the approach I was going to take. And to be honest, loads of people told me I was an idiot for doing it. Like, you shouldn't trust people. You shouldn't give people that flexibility. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And look, I'm not going to lie. There have been people that have massively taken advantage of that. There, there have been. But there have been a, a load of people who haven't. And increasingly, we're getting more and more people who want to join our merry little brigade of people. Um and and it's it's very much heading in the right direction. We've had investment. We, we've there's a lot of interest in in assisting us with growing and and so this silly little harebrained scheme that I had has all of the markings of ending up being a very large harebrained scheme, <laughs> um, and 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 changing a lot of people's lives for the, for the better. And and to me, I, I see that as as to a degree my responsibility because if 
if people are going to entrust a large portion of their lives to me, which they are by working with me, then I need to try and be a positive impact on that because otherwise it's a bloody miserable existence if the people at the top actually don't care about your well-being in any form and all of that sort of stuff and just like right deliver or or die sort of thing it's that's just not the way life should be so so yeah but that's hopefully a little bit of insight as to my why um there's a far bigger story of that but i could go on about that for for hours but but yeah, it's, it is genuinely fear. It was it was fear of leaving my family with nothing, and and wanting to create an environment where I know that if the proverbial were to hit the fan, actually there's something there that will survive me. But then again, you is treating people the way you want to be treated. If I'm doing it for that reason, so if I'm building a business for that reason, then I have to treat my team the way I would wish them to treat me when they're going through tough stuff. Mm -hmm. Because again, how can I expect them to stick at it and do everything they can if something were to happen to me, if I don't do the same for them and look after them when they're going through stuff and all of that. So again, it comes back to that well-being point. Treat people properly, treat people the way you would want to be treated. If, If you want people to look after you and look out for you in tough times, then you have to do the same for them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the way I, I will continue to run it till I'm no longer involved in it, which will hopefully I'll sell it at some point in the next sort of 10 years time. That's the plan. Build, sell in 10 years time. That's, that's the aim. So I can then retire. <laughs> you kind of started to answer my next question, which is, Bye. I guess, when you start to think about where you as a leader are and you as a business are at the moment... And you think about it like in, in the form of like a staircase, for example, how far are you up that staircase? On one or two, first or second step. Right, right. We, we, have a, we have a big road to go. So ethos-wise and stuff, like a lot of the core principles we've got now will be there and a lot of the infrastructure that we put in place now will be carrying us through. Because again, the benefit of, of being in a remote first environment for a very long time is I can learn from the mistakes other people have made. So so a lot of the building blocks are in place, but how many steps have we built? So we, we built the staircase, but how many steps have we put on the staircase? Very few, because, because genuinely the plan with this business is to get it to a point where there's hundreds of people involved. Um, and and the the last business I was I was growing with my main client they're they're now six hundred plus people and 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 so and for a very long time I was the person growing that so I'm comfortable in that sort of rapid growth large large environment um, and in truth I think there's an awful lot of people as we grow who will become increasingly interested in joining us because. They will earn more money with us. Our commission structure starts at 50% and goes to up to 80%. So for top performers, they can be earning 80%. So, and the threshold is is not particularly high compared to the market. It's, it's a sensible place. So the, the logic is we make a little bit of money out of a lot of people rather than creaming as much money as possible out of every individual. So again, completely opposite approach who so they can earn more money they can have more flexibility and freedom 
they can do things more the way they wish to do it rather than being told how they do it whilst also having yeah more freedom and flexibility but also having unlimited paid holiday and stuff like that and at the end of it the kicker is we we will be giving a large portion of the business to the team as well at the point of an exit so that because again i also don't I've never liked those scenes where you've got somebody who's just sold their business for 200 million and they go to like five staff and go, I'm going to pay for you to have a first class flight somewhere. And you're like, Hang on, this person's been working with you for 25 years and is your right hand person. And, and you've just got 200 million and, and your, your thanks is a first class flight. Like, okay, they're going to be appreciative, but it, you look like a bit of a prat. Like yeah. you, so, so for me, it's like, if, if, if there's a life changing moment for me in this business, I want everyone that's helped me along the way to have that same experience and and it may be to a lesser extent but i want them all to have that ability to have pay off a mortgage or or, or do well whatever they want people are at different points of their life buy a car i don't really care whatever whatever that thing that, that that they want out of life i want them to have that from this as well because if they if people put their faith in me and 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 help me on my journey i, I want to do the same for them and and yeah it's i'm hoping that i will make a very large number of people very wealthy at the end of this is is the plan this sounds like I, have you heard of b corps b, b corp yeah. businesses it yeah. sounds it sounds your business almost sounds like like a b corp business it is a bit um but i'm a massive capitalist in the background so um so it's fair enough it, it's it's uh I, i'm very honest about the fact that i'm doing this for my benefit right and and it is very much for my benefit oh sorry my family's benefit but i also firmly believe that a lot of other people should benefit from it but that doesn't mean to say i'm putting them first or me first i'm putting us all collectively by putting us all in the same pot so mm-hmm. it, so my logic is is one of if, if I create an environment which is mutually beneficial, then the decisions I make for my benefit are by virtue decisions that are made for everyone's benefit because we're all in the same boat, basically. So, but I am definitely a capitalist. At the end of this, do I want a boat? And do I want various <laughs> In 10 years' time, I very much want a large boat. I know the boat I want. Is that, that's wow, the, you've gone that far to figure years. out the boat. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I've always done it. So it, throughout my career, I've been like, right, I want to set this goal. And so sort of first goal was a watch. And, and when I first started out, and I, and I managed that. And then it was a, a car I'd always wanted, an AMG Merc. And, and I was sort of said by the age of 25, I think, I, I wanted my AMG Merc. And I, and I got that. And then it was like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And, and, and yeah, then the, the last one was, was the house that we can all fit in because again, well, COVID taught us one thing, the, the house you're living in might not work. <laughs> so might not be big so enough. We, yeah. We had to, yeah, exactly. So we had to move. Um, and, and uh, so for a long time, and that's what I said, when I said earlier, I was, I was sort of fixated on the wrong things. It, it, I was very materialistic for a very long time. It was like, right, I need the newest, fastest car. I need the shiniest watch. I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And and again, the, what happened changed my my entire outlook in, in the space of probably three seconds. Because mm-hmm. um, um, I was told she wouldn't survive. She did, but, but I was told she wouldn't survive. And in that moment, my entire 
mindset changed on as the flip of the coin. It was literally the flip of the coin to the extent that now my business is structured in a way that I can't get excited by the money. So I've, I've fixed my income for the next 10 years. So I physically can't start becoming like a lot of other people happen to become when money's involved where, oh, okay, the business is earning millions, right? My basic salary is now 1 million or 2 million You've got to wait for the bulk or whatever. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but quite deliberately, because again, if, if you can create, if you create an environment where you can get excited by these things, I don't know what will happen at that point because I'm not in that point. So I need to make decisions when I'm in this mindset that protect the business and protect the team and everyone so that if I become that Wally later, actually they're all protected so that it, it mitigates my ability to do that. And hopefully I won't, but I can't predict what I'm going to be like in 10 years time. So put the protections in place now to protect the business and everyone within it now. Because again, how can I expect people to devote 10 years of their lives to help me build this? And then I decide to change my mind at the last minute and, and screw them all over like that's that's not fair that's not reasonable i've had people do it to me i've had people promise me the world and then give me none of the things they promised me yeah um and and sitting there helping them for years and years and years and 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 then yeah not getting the things that i was told so i'm not gonna certainly not gonna be doing that to other people a question that's got me intrigued actually because there was a point when i when i again when i first started working remotely i I did what you did, but on a smaller scale. So <clears throat> I left my recruitment role and I decided, let me, let me try this for myself. And yeah. I thought I did some recruitment myself where I placed, I placed 12 people in yeah. the space of, um, it was like six weeks, something like that. The space, over the space of six, six to eight weeks, something like that. Yeah. And I thought I was doing pretty well with <laughs> that. But you just yeah, said yeah. to me, you placed 27 people within no time. Yeah, but mine, mine was mine was a progression of ten years. So okay. So the so ALS has existed for well, eleven, twelve years, right. and so there's there's almost two incarnations of ALS. There's ALS that was really a payment vehicle to be able to pay me for the work I was doing for a main client mm -hmm. that was a regulated entity. So at the time I couldn't have ownership of that entity. So there was the way of paying me basically commissions based on the work I was doing and then come 2020 for the purposes of this let's call it ALS 2.0 is mm -hmm. a proper business right the original right. business isn't a proper business so the original business was me just throwing people at at <laughs> a law firm basically <laughs> at pace and, and and receiving a percentage of what those people were billing so I, right. I was getting a cut of what the lawyers billed, which ended up being oh, pretty okay. lucrative. Um, and if you do anything long enough, you get better at it and you become more efficient at it and, and away you go. But I made the conscious decision come ALS 2.0 that it can't revolve around me and my specialism and all of that sort of stuff. Because then again, that damages the value to the business later if it's all about me. So hence we are... We are sector, we, we don't care about sectors and verticals. That's not to say we don't want specialists. We want specialists in their sector. But there, if somebody came to me and said, I'm great at accounts, accounting and finance, and I have a load of clients that work with me and I bill really well, 
I'm not going to tell them to bugger off because I'm a legal recruiter. I'll go, okay, do you know your sector to a point that you can convince me you know what you're doing? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, you can. Right. Can you convince me that other people respect you for what you're doing and are going to use you? Yes. Okay, you can. Well, well, the fact that I don't know what you do isn't of relevance at that point. As long as you know what you do and you can make money from it, again, it's treating people like grown-ups. Should I have a fear of the unknown? No, it's not rocket science. If I know what a lawyer does, I can work out what an accountant does. And, and, and we had somebody recently join who, um, who does, uh, what's he do, engineering. I, I don't know what... what people that work on random tools do but all i have to do is ask the question and then and then dan tells me what these people do and then okay i've now asked the question i now know what a cnc turner does and all these other things um and that's fine but as as the owner of a business do i need to know it to the extent of being able to place people that that dan would place no i don't that's that's his job is he's he's the guy that speaks to the engineers and all these people. I'm not speaking to them. I don't need to know what they do. As long as he does, we're fine. And and I, I guess it's sort of letting go of that fear of the unknown very quickly was something that I just got my head around instantly and just went, as long as they know what they're doing, I don't really right. care about it from my perspective. I don't need to be the, the, the best at every single sector of recruitment physically possible. Actually, I just need to create the best environment for recruiters and then trust those recruiters to do their job. And of course it's very obvious if somebody doesn't know what they're doing, because if they join and then nobody wants to work with them or, or they're not doing any business or they're not getting any interviews or whatever, then it, it, it demonstrates that perhaps those relationships that they said they had probably weren't there and, and yeah. their knowledge of their market probably wasn't there. So again, it's quite easy to work out when it's going wrong. Um, so why not give people the opportunity to shine? And, and to be honest, if people join us without those things, then they're they're slightly balmy because we, we make it quite clear that we're a great environment for a few people. We're not we're not a business that's great for all recruiters. If you're not good at BD and you're not good at managing relationships and that sort of stuff, we are a terrible option because I'm not going to hire an account manager to look after that for you. you. To start with, you do it all. You are a 360 consultant. You do the whole piece. If you want to develop your business into that, of course, I will support you to develop your business into whatever you want it to be, like within ours. But day one, everyone comes on on the same basis. You, you build your desk. Do they? So you, I see you've got management, sorry, managing consultants. Um, yeah. But do they operate as um, sort of as teams or do they operate as almost like principal consultants where they've got their own sort of, like you said, However they're on they Okay. So, so everyone, everyone is it's notionally a principal consultant. Everyone wanted to be called managing consultants, and I'm relaxed on job title. So I just went, yeah, fine. Um, but the, the reality is principal consultant is conceptually right. the way they're working. Right. But does that mean they can't have a team or work as a team? No, they can, they can work however they want. And the trick is employing nice people who want to work with other people makes it a lot easier. Because actually, if you get somebody who looks at their client and goes, Right, I do biotech, they need an HR person, I don't recruit for HR people. Hey, do you want to give me a hand with that? Actually, that can develop quite nicely and organically. Um, and that's what we've just tried to do, just try and engage with the right people that want to work with other people, but kind of on their terms. And we just go, cool, you, you work with other people on your terms. That's fine. That's that's not a problem. So it, it's it's empowering people to do things the way they want, but at the same time saying, 
in truth, don't be a dick about it. Like, if, if if you've got something that sits outside of your remit, don't try and fill it for the sake of trying to fill it. Get one of your colleagues that's an expert in that to do it. And then what you'll probably find is that colleague will then give you something in return because that's just how these things end up working. If if you help somebody out, chances are they're going to want to help you out. And, and it becomes a very positive circle of helping each other out. Um, so it's just trying to harbour that sort of environment. But again, if you hire the right people or encourage the right sorts of behavior, that tends to happen quite naturally. It's when you let those toxic people in, that's when that, again, gets damaged. So it's the key is is ensuring that that doesn't happen. And but like I said, I've got so many questions, but I know we're running out of time. We can always do a part two at some <laughs> point. Gonna have to like, do a part we can, that's fine. We're going to have to do a part two. But um, there's lots of things that I can think of that excite me about what's happening with your business. But what excites you about what's got what's ahead for uh, ALS? Uh, total world domination. Um, that's that's the end. So um, no, it, what what excites me? I actually did a post about it the other day. Um, so I was asked for some. Uh, someone's doing a recruiter life thing, and they've asked me to to be in it. And and I was asked that exact question, and might be mid today. And the thing that excites me now about my business is actually seeing the people we engage with, so our team, have positive changes in their lives, be it be less stressed or be doing better than they've ever done or seeing them sort of do all of those things to take them on that path to earning more than they've ever earned or whatever, whatever that bit of our model that they've latched onto is that thing that's important to them, seeing them really embrace that and and seeing the positive effects that that has. And just having people say like, I've never been as like relaxed as I am and all of that sort of stuff just to me is like, that's music to my ears because again, it comes back to that thing of we, we want to create a nice environment. We want people to be happy doing what they're doing. Otherwise no one's going to do a good job if they're miserable. Um, and so it's sort of in a roundabout way getting getting to that. So the satisfaction I now have is bringing on people and then seeing the positive effects of working in this sort of environment. And, and I think that's the bit that I'm going to really enjoy over the next 10 years and seeing that multiply. And I'm not naive. Look, it, in a few years' time, if there's shed loads of people joining, I, I, I will have all sorts of other roles I'll have to do than, than sort of being on the cold face, speaking to every single person before they join. But I'll still try and be involved in that process forevermore. But um, but yeah, just just getting to know all these new people in the new areas and seeing seeing the difference from the day they join us to how they are a few months in and, and, and sort of on the mental health side, but also on the satisfaction side and, and going back to enjoying what they're doing having come from quite controlling environments and all of that sort of stuff is is the bit that i now enjoy and and, and yeah it's, it's not without its stresses um, i'm not going to pretend that but it's it's sort of all 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 a dream there's huge amounts of stresses sort of growing a business and we, and we had a bit of a full start when we first first sort of embraced it so um so yeah we're we're sort of on our second round of growth because I didn't put the building blocks in place first time round. I just sort of went for it and hired a load of people and and infrastructure wise it was a mess and and our sort of we, we weren't hiring necessarily the right people in in the first instance and so that created a mess in itself and and so there was a bit of a sort of right let's get back to basics let's let's build those building blocks and let's do it slightly more rationally and not just be 
slightly overexcited children about it and let's, <laughs> let's be grown-ups ourselves um so so yeah that, that's the bit i love about the business and and, and yeah i I, I think that's likely to be the bit that I enjoy going forward because I don't massively get excited by the financial sort of landmarks anymore. It's it's way more about is the business growing? Is there satisfaction in the team? Are they all happy? Is that is is the model working? That that's kind of in truth what I look at now because what we're doing is quite different. We're giving levels of income that people get in commission only environments and and flexibility and all of that sort of stuff that people get working for themselves but also giving them the support and infrastructure and salary and everything they would have actually working in a normal business and and as far as i'm aware we're the only recruitment business that bridges that that gap currently um and so so to a degree we're in uncharted waters and and it's nice to see see it working because there's a huge amount of naysayers out there that told me I was nuts. And why would I want to give people that much? And why would I want to give people that flexibility and all of that sort of stuff and telling me, literally telling me I'm nuts. Um, so when I'm proved that I'm not nuts by seeing people thrive, actually that to me is the most enjoyable and satisfying piece now, because for me, it's just it, a, it proves that my harebrained scheme isn't a harebrained scheme, um, but also it, it it, it has that positive impact that I wanted to make. I, want, I wanted the people that joined me to end up in a more positive environment and mental health position and everything and financial position than they were prior to joining me. And seeing that bubble through now is, is, is yeah, the, that's the bit that I'm proud of, to be honest. And I mean, hair, brain, you've used all these different types of words to describe yourself. I mean pioneering is a word that comes to mind with me because you know take away the the remote aspect just the, just the way that you you you've set things up um the way you think about recruitment the way you think about work in general it, it's all it's it's very different and especially i suppose i guess even in the uk because the uk hasn't completely got on board as much as the us for example where, where remote work is concerned so you yeah you from all the business i've looked at you stand out in in that respect so yeah yeah i I think i think we're different but i'm i'm a bit weird so it just makes being different a bit easier um but then take the states like fair enough the remote working is different here but then if you look at the states and you give them unlimited paid holiday in the world of sales that for the most part doesn't exist so things that are interesting to the uk of our model will be things that are entirely different yeah. The, the interesting parts of our model in the States is going to be entirely different. Um, but that's the thing. Create something that you would want to do, and then chances are other people will probably want to do it. And and that's that's the logic. But I'm never going to say I'm a pioneer because, in truth, what I'm doing is a, what a load of other people have done. I've just glued a load of things together that some other people haven't glued together. So it's not, none of this is my unique thought. It's it's looking at things that other people have done that have worked and things that other people have done that haven't worked and then taking an ethos of just trying to be nice. And I'm not the only person on the planet that, that wants to be a, a nice owner of a business. There's there's very vocal people like Gary Vee and stuff like that who are very vocal about treating people properly. And they're worth hundreds of thousands of times what I'm worth. Um but it, it's i've always been a great believer of in in the premise of taking something that's already being done and just do it a bit better 
And so what I'm trying to do is take take various things that are already done and just trying to do them a little bit better than others. And, and a bit different. And I think, yeah, and a bit different. Yeah, <laughs> and and I can't help but be different. That's that's the thing. I, I I stopped trying to conform a long time ago. I just I just in truth lost interest in trying to be something I wasn't, and kind of just took a view that I will be who I am. If people like it, great. If people don't, then sod them. Basically, I like I don't need to be everyone on the planet's friend, and and it's an unrealistic goal to try and achieve that. So so yeah, it's the it's the approach I've taken, and and some people like it, some people don't. The people that don't, there's plenty of other employers. Like go go play with them. That's fine. Um, but yeah, we I, I I'm quietly confident, but I but even when this business is is mega successful, I'd still for that reason never call myself a pioneer because I'd say that. People like Richard Branson, who brought the whole new working models and ethoses back in the sort of 70s and 80s and early 90s, that, that's a pioneer. Me copying it 25 years later or 30 years later is just is just a, a poor copy. But actually take the best out of everyone you come across. And, it, and if people go through life taking the best out of everyone they come across – actually the world will be a slightly better place and and why not go through life trying to make the world a slightly better place because if we all did that actually it'd be quite nice um rather than everyone just being selfish and trying to take their piece um so yeah it's kind of that's my overarching piece to the world make the world a better place (laughs) i love it i love that and you've said that a few times i i i do like that and what obviously i'll be keeping my eye on als i'll be keeping my eye on on you alex and the business how it grows I hope we can do a part two to this. Oh, no, we definitely like, think, can. No, definitely. So many more questions. And you've got a podcast coming out as well, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, that's definitely a work in progress because I filmed I filmed a few attempts. And I've got to be honest, it, it was a disaster. It was, like, really bad. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, we're, we're playing around with concepts at the moment. But, yes, I... I I will have a podcast. It, it's got a working title. Not all recruiters are dicks, um, so that that will be the title. Um, because basically, no one on normally platforms wouldn't be very pro that. But given that my surname's Dick, it makes it quite difficult for them to argue that. So, um, so yeah, that, that will be coming out, and and it's going to be talking about a lot of the stuff we're talking about. So, so our our kind of belief system and what we hold true, but also bringing on people that kind of disagree with that because a, a lot of my views are, are views that a lot of people don't share and so i, I want to have those conversations because i'm very happy for people to try and persuade me otherwise but but equally i'm very happy to to lay out my view and so to a degree an, an element of what we're looking to do is to try and encourage that healthy discussion because i believe that healthy discussion again improves things because it gives people a chance whatever side of the fence you sit it gives people a chance to at least understand where the other person's coming from so i'm going to try and encourage that in a slightly antagonistic way occasionally perhaps but uh, but yeah mm-hmm. it's it's it's, it's going to be fun but yeah it, it doesn't come naturally to me I, i'm i'm very comfortable having a conversation with someone Mm-hmm. But when I'm the person originating the conversation and films, right. I go a little bit weird. So there's an element of getting over that bit, which the makes no part. sense. You yeah, don't want to be exactly. the host. You want to be the one who's being interviewed, yeah. which, is, which is way enough. better at waffle. Um, but I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. But, um, but yeah, so so it, it will see the light of day at a point where I'm uh, that 
I've become a bit better at it. But in the meantime, there will be snippets of of content that will appear that have been taken out of the random garbled nonsense I've come about come out with. There will be snippets that uh, that will make it. We'll see the light of day. Um, but yeah, it, it's a process. It it is. It is a process. It does take a while. But people, I. I Where's the best place for people to find you? I mean, I see you a lot on LinkedIn. Is that is that yeah, the main LinkedIn, place that people can... LinkedIn is my main is my main channel. Um, mainly because, in truth, if you if if you're going to fish in a pond, you might as well fish in the pond that's stocked with the fish you want. And and but I'm building I'm building a recruitment business. And where do all recruiters sit? LinkedIn. Um, and I don't really have a face for Instagram. I'm not going to be a very good influencer. Um, so, and, and so, yeah, I'm. I'm. We're, we're going to play around with TikTok as well, but the, our primary channel will be will be LinkedIn, and that's okay. so. So, yeah, the easiest place to track me down is is there. And what I'll do is I'll leave the um, I'll leave details in the show notes. I think everybody should have a look at ALS. I mean, despite what Alex says, I think I do think. What ALS is doing is pioneering. Um, I'll argue with him on that point. Uh, but, um... look, if you say it, I'm, allow- <laughs> look, I'm allowing other people to say it. I just Please, won't say yes. it. But, but yeah, you, you are more than welcome to have whatever view of us you like, <laughs> good or bad. So I'm going to leave the link in the show notes. I'll leave the link to your profile as well. Have a look, guys. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. As I said, I'll be keeping an eye on you, the team, What's going on? Yeah, yeah, no, please do, please do. And yeah, do stay in touch. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation as well. Me too, me too, me too.